plan to do uh, today um, is tell you a little bit about uh, what motivated the big research question uh, behind the project that I'm working on, um, tell you a little bit about the project itself, um, and then uh, try to spell out um, the argument that I'm making uh, about the relationship between uh, immigration and political trust, um, and then tell you the specific propositions that I'm testing um, using uh, survey-based uh, data, talk very briefly about data and methods, um, very briefly about uh, results. I promise not to put up a big table of statistics, because um, I was told you might not really uh, care too much, no, hard to read on PowerPoint slides. Um, and then uh, try to draw some conclusions based on, on what I've said up to that point. So, <clears throat> um, the question that, uh, the big question that I'm working on um, developed about, I would say about two and a half years ago um, when I was uh, presenting <coughs> some research at an organization called Policy Network, um, which uh, Scott is also uh, working with. It's a, a left-meaning think tank in London, for those of you who may, may not be familiar with it. And what they were asking me to do is basically um, to summarize what we know about attitudes toward immigration, what the main research findings have been about why some people are more hostile towards immigration and others are more positive towards immigration. And one of the participants at that conference, um, or at that seminar, um, a man named uh, Shamit Sagar, who you probably all know, um, raised, as he usually does, a provocative question, um, which is the question of, uh, in a country like Britain especially, um, which there was a lot of focus on that seminar in Britain, um, why, does it, why does it really matter if people are opposed to immigration? You know, what, what are the implications of that? You know, we don't really see it that much in the party system. Um, you know, the BNP, while it had, has been increasing its vote share, it still seems very unlikely that it's ever going to win enough votes to win at least get even one seat in um, the national parliament. And so, you know, th this raised the question of, well, who cares? You know, why, why should we even bother studying this in the first place? Um, <coughs> And so that kind of led to my thinking about other possible implications of, of concerns about immigration. Now, we know that in many other European countries, um, there is uh, some relationship between concern about immigration and uh, changing uh, party systems. Um, but we also... Um, know that even in, in these other countries, uh, but Britain as well, um, that there is a lot more concern about immigration than you would actually maybe infer by looking at the party systems themselves. In other words, there are a lot more people who are concerned about immigration than who would vote for uh, a party expressing exclusively or almost exclusively anti-immigration um, sentiment. And so I began to wonder <coughs> whether there are other potential consequences of anti-immigration sentiment. So essentially, the, the thing that I used to study as a dependent variable, you know, trying to understand why people are concerned about immigration, I've now kind of flipped and turned it into an independent variable to think about why, why it might matter, other than um, in the context of uh, uh, party systems, which, which is important in itself, obviously. So are, are there other consequences of high levels of concern about immigration? 
And so the, the big project is specifically focused on the question of uh, whether worries about immigration have implications for attitudes toward the functioning of the political system, and more specifically, um, uh, trust in politics. So the project itself um, is partly funded by a British Academy Research and Development Grant, um, which unfortunately is being discontinued. Um, so I was one of the lucky ones who managed to get a hold of one of these things before they ran out of money or whatever is happening. Um, and there are four main components to the project. Um, one component is an analysis of, of existing data sets, uh, existing <coughs> European data sets, including European Social Survey and Eurobarometer data sets, um, an analysis of British uh, public opinion data sets, including the British election study, British social attitudes, um, and the British component of uh, any of the European uh, data sets that I'm analyzing. Um, I had also proposed to do cross-time uh, analysis as part of the project uh, using Ipsos Mori data on uh, concern about immigration and attitudes toward government of the day. Um, and then also a newspaper content analysis to try to tease out why, um, <coughs> why people may uh, increasingly be concerned about immigration and how that might be connected by media um, to polit political trust. Um, as you can see, um, I've got checks, checks and crosses by some of these things just to give you some idea as to how far I made it in, in the research project. Um, I've done quite a lot of analysis, on, uh, particularly on European social survey data, less so on Eurobarometer data. I've done quite a lot of analysis on um, the, the um, most recent decade of British election studies, um, so not very many uh, British election studies so far. Um, and so I still have some ways to go even in the, these uh, parts of the research. Um, this, this part is still in progress, um, the cross-time analyses and the newspaper content analysis um, is, uh, let's say I've collected data um, and I'm still trying to learn how to analyze the data. Um, so perhaps uh, we could talk about that during tea and biscuits if anyone has some ideas about uh, where to go with that. So um, I had originally, um, when I started putting my slides together, I was uh, hoping to talk to you a bit about both of the things that I've done so far um, on these analyses, but then it just got too confusing um, in terms of talking about the different uh, measures and variables. So I'm going to talk to you today about um, the European Social Survey-based research, um, and then I'll say something very briefly in the conclusion about the um, analysis that I've done of uh, British data. Okay, so that that's the um, the kind of meat of, of the of the uh, research uh, project that I'm doing. Now, for the the two main sections um, related to the European Social Survey and uh, the British uh, um, Public Opinion Surveys. Um, both of those, even though I'm only going to talk about the European Social Survey results today, um, both of those build upon similar arguments. Um, and so I'm going to take a bit of time um, for once uh, to try to spell out the components of, of the argument. 
Um, and the argument itself um, builds upon a lot of different academic literature. Um, it builds upon writings on uh, the modern state, um, the development of the nation state, national identity, these kinds of things, um, what we know about social identity, and particularly um, perceptions of immigration and the impact of that on social identity. Um, and then also um, the thinking on the functioning of a political system. So trying to tie all of those different strands of uh, thinking together. So as, as we all know, um, I mean, most of the people who have been writing on the development of uh, modern states have uh, pointed to the importance of the development of uh, shared identity and values in uh, the creation of those modern states. Now, obviously, there is um, some disagreement about um, the impact of various uh, factors um, producing modern national identity, with some scholars emphasizing the importance of um, transportation, uh, the development of printing presses, these kinds of things, some arguing for the kind of constructed nature of national identity that you know, um, state leaders made efforts, uh, active efforts, to try to construct um, national identity. And then there's the, the strand of the research that talks about you know, the basic primordial need um, for, for connection and the impact of modernization on the development of, of national identity in that regard. I mean, a lot of those ideas seem to indicate a great deal of artificiality in the construction of national identity. Um, you know, it was constructed by, by um, state leaders, for instance. But <clears throat> Smith, I mean, I think some of Smith's writings maybe make, take different approaches, but at least some of, some of Anthony Smith's work um, seems to point to the conclusion that modern democratic states um, and what we call strong um, nation states are built upon shared cultural heritage uh, and norms. Um, that it's not a completely artificial um, construction on the part of, of state leaders. Um, and so it, Smith and, and others have argued that there is some uh, real perceived cultural um, connection behind these national identities on which state leaders were able to build, um, for instance, democratic institutions in some cases. Um, and we know um, from a paper in Comparative Political Studies a few years ago uh, by Stephen Schulman, um, we know that despite the distinction that some have tried to make between Eastern national identity or East European national identity and West European national identity. That in fact, um, people in Western Europe, um, despite what might have been expected, that people in Western Europe still hold um, the cultural component of national identity to be important. When you ask them about what it means to be British or French, for instance, um, that kind of that cultural connection still seems to come out, at least in survey-based data. Um, and so it doesn't seem to be the case um, that people in Western Europe only see their national identities in terms of their connection to to um, laws and, uh, and institutions. There is this, this uh, cultural component, and there continues to be, even in the modern um, day, 
despite what post-nationalists might hope um, to, to happen. So this implies that cultural connections are still important um, to people in modern European states, cultural connections across the, the nation state. We also know uh, from social identity research that social identities generally are important um, to people. Um, that even um, in laboratory experiments where identities should make very little sense and may, uh, may have very little meaning for people, um, they still uh, hold on to these identities um, for various reasons. Some say that it's that they provide some degree of self-esteem. Some say that it uh, provides um, some some way of dealing um, with a complex and confusing world. It provides some clarity um, in, in a confusing world. And the implication of that research for the work on national identity um, seems to be that um, when looking at the more long-established identities like national identities, that these are likely to be even more powerful and relevant than those ones that were kind of constructed artificially in laboratory uh, experiments. And we also know um, from a great deal of research on attitudes to immigration um, that immigrants uh, are seen as threatening to these identities. Um, sometimes uh, because they seem to bring different uh, values and ways of life, um, but also um, they are, people, what survey respondents say anyway, um, that they see them as a threat to uh, economic resources of uh, fellow countrymen and women. Um, and it seems that particularly in European countries, and kind of in contrast to, to the United States, um, where the main myths of identity may not have included um, the myth of being uh, accepting of migrants, um, but it may be unclear um, to uh, citizens as to how to reconstruct identity to incorporate newcomers. Um, so newcomers who may be perceived as holding very different values um, from those of natives, for instance Muslim uh, migrants versus the predominantly secular uh, Britain or France, may be particularly difficult to reconcile um, with, with national identities. So um, the, the concepts of national identity seem to create these dividing lines um, between uh, newcomers and natives and kind of foster a fear of uh, people that you, with whom you do, may not uh, share a common identity. And in the modern um, <coughs> mass immigration state, I think that um, these fears also divide people within the state between those who believe that the state can accommodate newcomers um, and those who b believe that it cannot actually accommodate newcomers. And that is in regard to the, the national community as a whole and, and also specifically with regard to um, the, the political system. So connecting this to political systems, um, again, what I'm arguing is that concern about immigration has implications for perceptions of political systems. And drawing from old work by David Easton, um, Easton argued uh, in the 1950s that political systems are uh, likely to fail um, if individuals in the system are, as you can see with the quote, not sufficiently oriented toward one another and not willing to support the existence 
of a group of individuals who can negotiate and settle uh, differences between, between individuals. Um, and we know from the social capital literature um, that immigration and multiculturalism may create problems for the first part of that, you know, that individuals uh, need to be sufficiently oriented to work one another. Some, some social capital literature is coming to the conclusion that in more um, culturally diverse societies in countries where there um, is higher levels of immigration, um, that um, people seem to be less trusting of one another um, in, in general. Although I have to say the, the evidence is, is mixed. There are a lot of publications that support um, that contention and a lot of other publications um, that, that do not. Um, and what I'm arguing here um, is that Immigration, or more specifically, concerns about immigration, may create problem, problems for the second part of Easton's conditions as well. Um, that it may um, make people less willing to support the existence of a group of individuals who can engage in policy making um, and reduce uh, willingness to support the institutions uh, through which these elites govern as well. Um, and this, in part, I think is because um, the disunity, the feelings of disunity that people might have for one another um, may stretch to their, to their feelings for the elites that govern their, um, their country, um, as well as the institutions through which those elites are, are having to govern. Um, and just as a bit of uh, preliminary evidence from existing um, studies, um, there are some studies that are already pointing to the conclusion that individuals may be less favorable toward using the institutions of the state um, to, um, to provide for uh, poverty and welfare assistance as a result of perceived cultural differences between the groups that, um, that access um, those, those services. <coughs> also, um, some might argue that European democratic political systems, the current democratic systems that we see in many European um, um, countries, have been layered on to the kind of pre-existing uh, cultural connections uh, that, that I referred to previously. And ultimately, it may be that perceiving that immigration as a threat to a uh, uh, political community has an effect on perceptions of the political system, uh, partly because it may um, uh, make the connection between elites and institutions on the one hand and citizens on the other weaker. Um, people, are, people are likely to feel a weaker um, connection. But also, more specifically, I think people may distrust that the elites and institutions are adequately protecting the community from the potentially divisive uh, forces of uh, immigration. You know, the changes to cultural composition um, and the potential economic competition that comes from immigration. So people may feel that their political system has, has sold out um, by failing to protect the national community. Um, from the forces of, of immigration. Um, and if I could just summarize the argument as a whole, I know it's taken a, a long time to, to get uh, to, to this point, but um, 
what I'm trying to say um, in a, a briefer summary, um, it's clear that immigration creates concerns about uh, political and social community um, and about social identities. Um, and it seems that under pre-mass uh, immigration conceptualizations of national identity, the institutions through which elites uh, were uh, designed to govern the national uh, polity were designed, and maybe in some people's eyes, to govern and adjudicate um, between members of a national community. And when individuals perceive that immigration has threatened that community, then it seems that the institutions that govern them um, and the elites that govern them may be called into question. So those who are most attuned to the effects of immigration on the national community may question the extent uh, to which national political institutions actually exist to represent a national citizenry anymore. Um, and moreover, um, moving to the, the concept of blame, it's likely that people specifically blame their elites and institutions for allowing large-scale immigration in the first place and holds these elites and institutions uh, in contempt as a result. Now, while some of the um, social capital literature that I mentioned before kind of hints at this possible relationship, um, as far as I know, no one else has actually um, taken the steps that I'm taking to try to, uh, to investigate it further. Okay. So um, that, that's the meat of what I'm trying to investigate, okay? Uh, that's the, the general argument that, um, that I'm investigating. I've also, um, you know, this is uh, a, an empirical analysis drawing on survey data, um, cross-time survey data, four different time points anyway, um, and cross-national. Um, and so it, it builds in the possibility of trying to investigate the impact of different national contexts um, on perceptions of political systems, but also on the relationship between concern about immigration and perceptions of political systems. So um, I have to be honest, I have investigated lots of different national contexts um, in the past year or so, um, and I can talk about some of those others um, if you have questions, um, which no doubt will come up with um, some of them that I'm not mentioning right now. But I'll talk to you about the two um, that have actually um, shown themselves to be relevant uh, in, in the uh, data. One of these is history of migration, okay? Now, when I started this analysis, my first instinct was that actual numbers of immigrants or numbers of foreigners, something along those lines, might impact um, on the, um, the dependent variable po uh, political trust, but also on the relationship between concern about immigration and political trust, right? That the relationship should be stronger where there are larger numbers uh, of immigrants. Um, but what I'm starting to come to conclude um, is that nowadays it seems that all of the countries of Western Europe, and I'm including Southern Europe in, in Western Europe nowadays, but it doesn't cause too many problems, but distinguishing kind of old EU member states versus, for instance, um, the newer Central and Eastern European member states. That's the kind of distinction that I'm making. 
it seems that all of these countries, um, you know, uh, Germany, France, but also Spain, Portugal, Greece, you know, the ones that were not countries of immigration, all of them are now um, countries of, of immigration. Um, and it also is starting to look like um, that the actual numbers of immigrants or numbers of foreigners as we can measure them, right, and you can raise all kinds of problems with cross-national measures of these things anyway, but uh, the measures that we have available, um, it's looking like um, the actual numbers may no longer be very connected to perceptions of immigration, you know, to perceptions of the numbers of immigrants or even or to, to um, negative perceptions of, of immigrants. So it, it was, um, it, as, as it turns out, maybe uh, very unlikely that the actual numbers of immigrants would have much bearing on the relationships that I'm trying to investigate. And in fact, they don't. But it occurred to me that maybe I should try to investigate, um, to the degree that I could, um, historical differences. Um, that perhaps in countries that have been longer term countries of immigration, the relationship that I'm looking at might be quite different than in the more recent countries of immigration. Um, and the reasons for that, I'm still kind of working, uh, working this out, um, maybe you can think of others than, than the ones I've come up with, but um, in countries that are longer term countries of, of immigration, um, it seems that there are likely to be a, a several more generations of people. A lot more people have had the opportunity um, over a long period of time to reflect and talk about, you know, think about um, their feelings about um, the impact of newcomers uh, on, on their countries. And so it may be that people in these countries as a whole, kind of on average, have firmer views about uh, what, what the impact of newcomers is likely uh, to be. Um, and that may mean that they have clearer perceptions of uh, the implications of immigration for the political system um, and the connection between uh, immigration and the political uh, system as, as a whole. Um, the other main context that I've been investigating is the role of the far right um, in uh, stoking political distrust, but also in building this connection between um, concern about immigration and, and political distrust. We know that the far right mobilizes on anti-immigration sentiment. Um, we also know that many parties um, that mobilize on anti-immigration sentiment also try to mobilize against the, the corrupt political class um, that is ruining our country, you know, harming our um, culture, etc. Um, so that should mean that where the far right is more powerful, um, that people should be more negative about the political system as a whole, um, but also um, that the relationship between concern about immigration and attitudes toward the political system should be stronger. So where the far right is stronger, um, concern about immigration should be more strongly related to uh, distrust of the political system if it's the case that it's the far right that is mobilizing the, these attitudes and kind of pushing them uh, together in the way that's been argued uh, by some researchers. Okay, so before I go um, too far in spelling out the specific propositions, I just want to spell out for you exactly what the dependent variable is. I've been talking about 
attitudes toward the political system, perceptions of the political system. Um, earlier drafts of the paper that I'm talking about today have, have spent about four or five pages trying to you know, tease out what I mean um, when I talk about political trust, um, which, which is uh, what's in the title of the paper. Um, but ultimately, what I'm interested in are general perceptions of the political system, kind of contrasted with more um, specific feelings about the current government of the day. So going back to Easton's work, um, you know, distinguishing between general system support and specific support for current leaders or current policies, what I'm trying to get at is more general support. Are concerns about immigration having an impact on people's general feelings about the political system? And at the moment, the specific survey questions that I'm using to try to gauge that are uh, questions about trust in various institutions. Uh, one elected institution, um, one unelected institution, um, and also um, a question about uh, trust in politicians. Okay. Um, and I've investigated uh, predictors of, of distrust in each of these indicators separately for the paper that, that I'm working on today. And so I, what I'm trying to do is confirm that the relationship that I'm interested in, um, the relationship between concern about immigration and political distrust, does it apply to all of these institutions and, and individuals, or does it only apply, for instance, to the elected institution and elected uh, politicians? If it did only apply, for instance, to parliament and politicians, then I might take that to mean that it's, it's a kind of short-term um, impact on perceptions of the current government of the day. If it also applies to the, uh, the legal system, then I, I might take that as some evidence that, that it's a broader um, system effect, um, that attitudes toward immigration may be, in fact, affecting perceptions of the political system as a whole. And my main independent variable um, is general concerns about immigration. And I measure this with um, three items that are available across all four waves of the European Social Survey. Um, a question about whether um, immigrants are bad for the economy, a question about whether uh, the country's cultural life is undermined by uh, immigrants, and whether the country is made a worse or better place to live um, by people coming uh, from other countries. These are obviously, they're very strongly correlated, they scale very well, so they've been combined um, into, into one uh, indicator. Um, with the higher uh, value of representing concern about immigration. So now you've got exactly what my, independent, my main independent and uh, dependent variables are. Specifically, what I'm testing in the European Social Survey, rounds one through four, is first that individuals expressing the most concern about immigration will be the most distrusting of politicians and political institutions. Second, that individuals living in longer-term countries of immigration will be the most distrusting of uh, politicians and political institutions. Third, there will be an interaction between those two, um, the individuals living in the long-term countries of immigration uh, and who are most concerned about immigration will be the most distrusting of politicians and political institutions. Uh, fourth, that, that people living in countries with a stronger far-right presence will be more distrusting as well. 
Um, and finally, that the relationship between um, the strength of the far right and concern about immigration will also be interactive. Stronger far right presence and higher level of concern about immigration will combine to produce uh, higher levels of political distrust. Um, I also wanted to fill you in on some of the, uh, or all of the control variables, um, just very, very briefly, um, because what, what I want to try to emphasize is that I'm aware of the possibilities of spuriousness, you know, that I may be, I may, if I find a relationship between concern about immigration and political distrust, it may be a result of all kinds of other things, including mobilization by the far right, which I've already talked about. Obviously, that's, that's being controlled for. But um, some other possible things that, that might um, cause people um, to both be distrusting or express distrusting attitudes and also express negativity about immigration. Some that have been suggested to me is, you know, people are just, some people are just negative. You know, um, you ask them questions uh, in a survey and, and they're just going to consistently give you ne negative responses. Um, this may be a, a cultural thing, it may be an individual thing. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to control for that possibility um, with these two variables. Um, so, you know, people um, who are generally unhappy and dissatisfied with their lives would be, the, seems to me, would be the, the ones that more more likely to give negative answers about trust and immigration. Um, I'm also trying to control at the individual level for the possible kind of natural potential, natural confluence of anti-immigration sentiment and political distrust using these two control variables. So whether the person, uh, him or herself, actually voted for the far right in the last general election and also left-right self-placement. So those who place themselves on the far right of the left-right scale um, if there's this automatic confluence um, of attitudes should be both most distrusting and uh, more negative towards uh, immigration. Um, and I've also tried to control for other things that have been found in the literature on either political trust or support for government um, that, that have been related to, to those things. So attitudes um, towards the national economy, personal economy, evaluations of, uh, of, of public policies um, and the functioning of government, um, interpersonal trust or distrust, um, etc. And then also at the country level, I've controlled for uh, GDP per capita, unemployment, so economic conditions at the country level, um, and this World Bank governance score, um, which tries to estimate um, kind of fairness and efficiency of institutions. Um, because uh, some research on perceptions of national institutions has indicated that um, the actual functioning of those institutions, um, not surprisingly, um, should have an impact on perceptions of those institutions, although I mean, the governance score itself is actually a perceptual measure as well. But anyway, I'm, try I'm trying to measure with that the actual functioning of, of the institutions um, to control for that. And for those of you who care about the multi-level model itself, um, it is a three-level model because we've got cross-time and cross-national. Um, variables. Um, most of the cross-national variables um, I've put at level three, um, but there's also a level two um, variable, which is as things that vary um, across country and across time. 
um, as well. Um, a multi-level modeling geek uh, told me to told me this was the best way to do it. But if anyone has has ideas about how I should be doing it, please let me know. Okay. Um, what I want to show you first, um, before I talk about the multivariate uh, results, again, as I said, I'll talk about those very quick, quickly. But I just wanted to show you some uh, what I think are interesting scatter plots. Um, I'm sorry that they are, are so small. I didn't have time to uh, readjust them for today. This is what appears in one of the previous versions of this paper. Um, but what they show is the average level um, within countries of concern about immigration, so average concern about immigration along this axis in all cases, and political distrust. So this one is distrust in parliament, this one is distrust politicians, and that one is distrust le the legal system. The left-hand panel um, are, uh, is for all of the European Social Survey data points combined. Um, so four different surveys, many different countries. Um, I've, for the second part of the panel, um, I've taken out round four um, because I thought that people might might think, you know, this, the reason this is happening is because the countries are clustering, you know, and creating this sort of almost automatic uh, correlation. But as you can see, there seems to be a strong relationship um, at the country level, um, regardless of whether the, the surveys are pooled uh, or not. Not surprising. Right? Many of you would say, you know, this doesn't surprise me that um, average levels of distrust are associated with uh, average levels of concern about immigration. What may surprise you, um, and this is why I wanted to show you the, the plots, this is the relationship between um, concern about immigration, again here, and distrust of the European Parliament. Um, and the reason that I uh, wanted to look at this and wanted to show it to you um, is because it also seems to, to try, it seems to answer the question about, okay, you know, isn't it likely that people who are negative about everything um, are going to be negative about, the, the, about uh, national institutions and negative um, about immigrants, negative about the economy, you know what I mean, that sort of uh, general confluence of, of negativity. This seems to maybe indicate that the relationship that I found applies to national institutions, not to necessarily to other institutions. And so uh, maybe it, indeed it is the case that, pe that people are blaming specifically their national institutions and national politicians um, for um, the potential problems caused by immigration. In fact, when I looked at this, this scatter plot, what I expected to find was an even stronger relationship, at least the same size as the one that I saw for national institutions. Um, but there's, there's a great deal of research that uh, indicates that um, concern about immigration is correlated to negative perceptions of the European Union. Um, so you would have thought that that, um, that would have implications for the relationship between concern about immigration and negativity about the European Parliament, but it doesn't. Um, okay. So just to summarize the multivariate results of the, um, the multi-level um, model. Um, easy, you know, checks and, and crosses. Proposition one was supported, three and five uh, were supported. Propositions two and four were not supported. So even taking, going to first to proposition one, even taking into account um, people's perceptions of the economy, 
um, actual economic circumstances, uh, governance indicators, um, you know, popularity of the far right, left-right self-placement, unhappiness, all of these things, taking all of these things into account, concern about immigration still has an impact uh, on political trust as measured by all three of the indicators that I'm using. So trust in the legal system, trust in politicians, and trust in uh, parliament. Um, people living in countries, longer term countries of immigration are not more or less negative uh, about their political systems, but there does seem to be an interaction uh, between uh, living in a long term country of immigration and concern about immigration, uh, um, yeah, which I'll show you uh, graphically in just a minute. Um, same thing with the far right. This may um, surprise you um, that kind of people living in countries with a stronger far right presence are, on average, not more or less negative about their political institutions. Um, but this variable does seem to interact um, a bit with concern about immigration, although the um, the impact seems to be on the weak side. So just to show you uh, in, in graphic form, um, this is uh, just a, a very simple illustration of the interaction between concern about immigration and being alone or living in a country um, that is a long-term uh, country of immigration. Um, so we've got concern about immigration um, on the horizontal axis and distrust. We've got the legal system here and distrust of parliament on this side. And what the, the graphs show, I think, is that on average, um, as concern about immigration, distrust increases. And that's for people living in long-term countries of immigration and not so long-term countries of immigration. In both cases, as the slope is positive, but the impact is stronger in countries that, that or in people who live in countries where there is longer term uh, immigration. Okay? Um, so it seems that in places, especially looking at the distrust of the uh, legal system, in places where there hasn't been such long term immigration, distrust seems to be a result of something else. Right, as you might expect, um, you know, the longer, the not so long-term countries of immigration I should have specified more clearly before Southern European countries, um, Spain, Greece, Portugal, um, and, and Italy. So not surprisingly, in those countries, distrust is probably about something other than concern about immigration. Um, but in the countries where there has been longer-term uh, immigration, uh, then this concern about immigration does seem to have a somewhat strong uh, impact on distrust of the legal system and parliament, and the relationship is similar for distrust of uh, politicians. This is the um, same graphic, but for the interaction between um, the popularity of the far right, the strength of the far right, and concern about immigration. Again, in countries where um, the far right is more powerful, the relationship between concern about immigration and distrust is stronger, but only a bit in the case of distrust of parliament. Um, and the relationship is also still, still positive, even when the far right, no problem, when the far right um, is not very, not very strong as well. So I, I take this to mean, uh, given the, the difference, if you 
see with the long-term countries of immigration, the line in this case seems to be a bit uh, flatter. Um, that perhaps the far right and the potential mobilization activities of the far right are not the only thing um, that produce the relationship between concern about immigration. If, if they were, I would have expected this line to be much flatter, for there not to be any relationship, for instance, between concern about immigration and distrust of uh, politics in cases where there was uh, no strong far-right presence. Okay, um, I've been told to wrap it up, which is good, because I was already about to wrap it up. Um, so some of my con conclusions based on all of what I've just said. Um, as you will have seen, hopefully, um, I think that immigration may be having some un unintended consequences on political systems um, by affecting the way that people perceive those political systems. Um, specifically, um, perhaps by weakening the ties between the government and the uh, governors, um, by undermining the basis of connection or perceived basis of connection, the kind of shared uh, culture and myths, but also more specifically because people may be blaming institutions and elites um, for failing to protect their national communities. Um, and I think this is important because there is a lot of research to indicate that perceptions of political systems matter. Um, that people, when people distrust their political institutions and elites, um, it seems to have con consequences for their own behavior. They seem to be more likely to at least say that they would be willing to cheat on taxes, um, more likely to uh, cheat on public uh, transportation, not paying public transportation, um, and more uh, uh, likely to engage in what Natalia Lecky calls uh, civically immoral um, behavior. Um, so political trust itself is, is important and it has consequences. And if concern about immigration is, is starting to undermine undermine political trust, um, then I think that's important uh, to, to figure out uh, and to figure out what to do about it as well. Um, as I've just said, the, the relationship between concerns <coughs> about immigration and political distrust don't seem to be solely mobilized by popular far-right parties. It exists um, regardless uh, of the mobilization activities of far-right parties, um, and it, it exists regardless of the individual's level of unhappiness, left-right self-placement, and so on and so on, um, although the relationship does seem to be stronger in the uh, longer-term countries of immigration. And so it may be possible that the same pattern that I found may, may eventually emerge in the newer countries of immigration as they uh, evolve into old older countries of immigration. Um, and these same findings, not, not the country level findings, but the individual level findings um, have been confirmed using British election study data um, with much harder tests for um, spuriousness um, because there's a panel component to the British election <coughs> study data. Um, and for, so for my future research, what I'm planning to do is continue to investigate these relationships using existing survey um, data, but also to try to explore the role of the media in stoking anti-immigration sentiment and connecting immigration uh, to government and, and government policy. Thank you. Thanks, Laura.